Good morning. Do you know what? I am a mother of four boys, and when I wake up in the morning and I say good morning, I want a good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, that was much better. That's exactly the way it happens in our home. <laughs> okay, well, welcome. Welcome. I love that song we just sung, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It's probably one of my favourite, favourite hymns. I just love it. Every morning we get to see the faithfulness of God, don't we? There's a verse in Psalms that says, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Isn't that something we get to do every morning? Every morning when we wake up and we spend time with God, we get to feed on God's faithfulness. Amen. It I saw a mental, well not a mental picture, but a vis visible picture of that this week in a small sort of a way. Um, we've got boys at home and one of my boys particularly loves going out into the garden and at the moment we've got a strawberry patch with strawberries in it and an apple tree that has just started. The apples are just ripening and if you're lucky you'll get a ripe one. And the other day I was on our veranda and I was watching one of our sons, Daniel, he was running around with an apple in his hand and he was munching away on it and just enjoying it. He said, mommy it's so, so sweet. And I got so much joy out of watching him feed and feast. And then he went down to the strawberry patch and he ripped off the, the netting and his, his hands are busy picking. So he's got an apple in this hand and a handful of strawberries in this hand and he was just feeding, he was feeding and he was feasting. And, you know, as I sat there and I watched and I got so much joy out of just watching him you know, feeding, and I thought that's how God feels, you know, that's how God feels when he sees us enjoying and feeding on his faithfulness, amen? Okay, before we start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to pray. <laughs> Please bow with me. Loving Heavenly Father, you know, my limitations and my weaknesses, and uh, I need your spirit this morning. I pray that you will speak with, through me and that it will not be me but you. It will not be my words but your words and it will not be my message but your message. And that we will be blessed abundantly because of your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I have titled this morning's presentation, The Secret. So you'll have to stick around to find out what the secret is. I've been blessed greatly by Whitmar McConnell's ministry and I'm going to quote something that he said once or twice in his presentations over the years. He says, God put Adam and Eve in the garden and he wants for us to be in the garden too. Amen? Why? Because every spiritual truth that we need to know, you can find in the garden. Isn't God good? It is God's book of nature, amen? And that's, I guess, why we've risen this morning to spend a bit of time with God, thinking about how we can learn from the book of nature. God's fingerprint is everywhere, everywhere in nature. But to start us off, because I know it's very early in the morning, I thought we should do a little bit of exercise. Okay, and I just know you're up to the challenge. <laughs> All you've got to do is copy me. Are you ready? Okay, it's simple. I want you to breathe in. 
Ende hat. End in. Are you with me? End out. Okay. If you would like to, you may keep doing that as the presentation goes on. <laughs> that was simple. But you know, as we do that, life infuses through our bodies, does it not? And when we breathe, like often we're breathing unconsciously, aren't we? But sometimes we do it consciously. It doesn't matter how we breathe. As long as we are breathing, there is life. Yeah? No, hang on, that didn't work. No, I would like you to look up your Bibles, if you have them. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. So Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, I just want us to pause for a minute and look at what actually happened in this short little verse. First of all, God forms man out of dust. Secondly, God breathes into him the breath of life. Thirdly, and immediately, the dust comes to life. We're at an agriculture conference, aren't we? And, you know, I thought, we can't just sit around talking about it. We can't just talk around, about growing in dirt. We need to get our hands dirty. You know, honestly, I just love, I love um, soil. It's one of those things I'm particularly passionate about. And I love running my hands through soil. And so I have brought in my little box of goodies here, I've actually brought two examples for you. A little bit of dirt, a little bit of dust for me to enjoy running my fingers through. <laughs> my first example here, and I hope I don't get the, uh, the floor dirty, is literally dust. I don't know if you can see that as it comes out. It's just pure dust. It's dry and it's lifeless. And, you know, honestly, in that in the state that it's in, I doubt it's got much microbial activity actually happening in there. And it's just something that I wouldn't really want to grow in, not in that state. I wouldn't want to try and grow, I wouldn't want to try and put a seed into that and grow it. Not in the state that it's in right now. It's, it's just pure dust and there's not much life in pure dust. So why? Because it's got no breath in it. And when you have no breath, you have no life. Does that make sense to you? Is that biblical to what we just read here in the Bible? That when God breathed life, uh, breathed breath, he breathed life. I've got another example of, I don't call this dust, I call this soil. This is beautiful, beautiful stuff. I hope you can kind of get a feeling of what that is, you know, as it runs through my fingers there. That is beautiful beautiful soil and it's got life in it. It's, it's got a lot of life in it. It's teeming with microbes for starters. In fact, if I just take my teaspoon here and scoop up just one simple little teeny tiny teaspoon of soil, they tell me there is one billion bacteria in that one teaspoon. And those bacteria are alive. 
just like you and I are alive. They're breathing, just like you and I are breathing. And there's life, there's life in this soil. You imagine putting something into that, you know, maybe a seed, maybe a seedling and expecting it to grow. Is it going to grow? Absolutely it's going to grow. Why? Because there's life. Why is there life? Because there's breath. Does that make sense to you? Is it scriptural to what we read back here that breath brings life? You know, it's very interesting to me that back here in Genesis, when God made man from dust, his very, very next step was to put breath, breath into him. I would like to suggest to you that spiritually speaking, too often this is what we are, dust. (laughs) Not a pretty picture, is it? So, if we're just dry and lifeless dust, how can we be transformed? <clears throat> I'm sure you know this quote just as well as I do. Prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. Aha, uh-huh. now you know what the secret is. Prayer. You know, just as God breathed life into Adam. Just the same, he wants that breath to continue through us today. And prayer is to be that breath. You know, right from the word go, God has designed us to commune with him, to speak with him, to talk with him. A life with no prayer is, it's like dust with no life. A life with no prayer is like a dry and dusty garden with plants that are kind of struggling. But if we take the privilege of prayer, then it can be to us the breath, the breath of the soul. Why? Because prayer is the breath and it's the life. You know, you probably know the verse in Thessalonians that talks about praying without ceasing. Yeah, praying continually. That's a challenge, is it not? But I call this verse, this concept of continual prayer, I call it the nitrogen principle. And you're going to find out shortly why I call it that. But just imagine for a minute that if we continually pray, would that not mean continual life, spiritual life? You know, right at the beginning of my presentation, I asked you to join me in a little bit of exercise, didn't I? Breathing in, breathing out, hands up, who of you are still doing the exercise? Some of you. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. You know, I'm glad that you're still breathing. But what about still praying? Praying continually. And I guess I'm not talking right now about getting down on our knees, continually praying on our knees. I'm talking about what my mom used to call praying on the hoof. You know, when you're on the go. You know, I guess I will even be so bold as to say I sometimes wouldn't even call it prayer. I know it is prayer, but really just chatting to God as the day goes by because he's your friend. 
when you're out in the garden, when you're busy with the children, when you're just on the go, go, go. We're all living busy lives, but can't we talk to God in each and everything that we're doing continually? Never saying amen. As long as you don't say amen, you can have a continual conversation with God all day long, right from the beginning to the end. Just like a good friend picking up where you left off, just talking to God about the, the things that you're seeing and the things that you're doing. That's continual prayer. That's continual life. Back to our quote over here on prayer. Okay, it goes on. This same quote says, No other means of grace can be substituted and the health of our soul be preserved. When I started to really compute on what that actually meant, I thought, oh, okay, so more time studying the Bible actually isn't a substitute for continual prayer. That was a surprise to me. What about spending more time serving our community? Is that a substitute for our prayer life? No. (laughs) What about preaching sermons or giving a devotional like I? Is that a substitute for prayer? No, it's not. Nothing, nothing can substitute for the life that prayer will bring. It goes on to say, neglect the exercise of prayer or engage in prayer spasmodically now and then as seems convenient and you will lose your hold on God. The spiritual faculties lose their vitality. The religious experience lacks health and lacks vigour. There's an interesting word in there, this one here, spasmodically. What does it mean? Or maybe what's it the opposite of? Is it not the opposite of continually? What we were just speaking about. And the outcome of spasmodically isn't good. Let's see what happens when we spasmodically pray. We lose our vitality, our health, our vigour. We're talking spiritually here. And ultimately lose our hold on God. That's the outcome of spasmodic prayer. Okay, we're at an agricultural conference. Let me just check with you. Yes? Okay, it's time to think like a farmer. What's that? Oh, well done. It is nitrogen. And I told you that we'd come back to this, didn't I? The nitrogen principle. And is nitrogen important? Yes, it is. It is absolutely vital for plant health and plant growth because it's an integral part of photosynthesis to begin with, which is the main thing that a plant does all day, and also protein development and other, other things that it's important to. In fact, it's considered a, a leading limiting factor of plant growth and health and thus yield if a plant doesn't get enough of it. Unfortunately, um, our conventional farmers apply nitrogen often in a spasmodic approach when they throw on their fertiliser um, and they know when to put it on and they get the yield. At the end of the day, they do. They know what they're doing and they know how to get the yield. But they put it on often in a spasmodic sort of a, a fashion. And it fires up the growth when they need it, but in the process, they lose health of the plant, they, use, they lose vitality, they lose the vigour of the plant and the soil. It decreases the microbial activity in the soil, it's decreasing the breadth of the soil. 
And in the meantime, it also increases pest pressure um, and decreases the flavour that we get to enjoy. So at the end of the day, does the farmer get the yield when he applies it spasmodically? Yes, he does. But at the loss of what? At the loss of the health, the vitality, the vigour. What a shame. Would it not be better, don't you think, if the plant could be receiving nitrogen continually? There is another option. The only way you can do this is if your soil is healthy. And by healthy, I mean having the physical and the chemical structure in your soil that's right, that's right for life, so that then you can have the microbial life happening and the soil can be breathing. And then the microbes will cycle the nitrogen in the soil to your plant in a continual, beautiful manner, just the way God designed it. You know, I'm sure you know that 70% of our atmosphere is nitrogen, is it not? And they say that over 5,000 tonnes of nitrogen hangs over every one hectare of land. A beautiful resource that we as you know, farmers and gardeners can be tapping into. We don't have to pay for nitrogen. We don't have to pay to put it in there necessarily. As long as our soils are healthy and alive the way God designed them to be. If we can have nitrogen going in continually in this healthy way, the way God designed it, then what do you get? What's the outcome? <laughs> well, you get a decrease in the, pre the pest pressure. That sounds good, yes? And not only that, isn't this beautiful? The microbes are healthy and their population flourishes. That's the breath of the soil. Ultimately, supplying what is right required for growth, vitality, health and vigour. Aren't God's ways the best? So there you have it. That's the secret. That's the secret for the farmers and their plant needs and the way to tap into free nitrogen. But it's the secret for us to apply in our own lives, in our spiritual lives, continual prayer, continual prayer to God as our friend, continual health, vigour, vitality, strengthening our hold on God. I want to revisit as we wrap up this quote that we've been looking at. And I just want to rephrase to see the bottom paragraph that we looked at there. And when you look at that, it's been phrased, I guess, in the negative. And I wonder if you'll give me a little bit of poetic license here for a moment. I'm going to rephrase that last paragraph in the positive. Will you let me do that? Cultivate. Haha, <laughs> I got that word in. <laughs> Cultivate prayer. Engage in prayer. Engage in prayer continually, the nitrogen principle, and your hold on God will strengthen. Your spiritual faculties will gain vitality. Your religious experience will become abundantly healthy and vigorous. Is that what you want? Amen. You know, I find it fascinating that what we read about in the Bible 
is echoed in what Ellen White says. And then we see it in the book of nature. And then God wants us to take all of that and put it in our own lives. We've got two choices here. We've got dust. Or we've got soil. We've got no breath, no life. Or we've got abundant breath and abundant life. Spasmodic prayer or continual prayer. We've got the loss of our spiritual vitality and vigour and health. Or else we can have abundant spiritual vitality, health and vigour. In Deuteronomy 30, God talks about choices, does he not? He says, I have set before you two choices, life and death blessing or cursing and then he finishes by saying choose life i pray that will be for you too let's pray loving heavenly father your ways are the best ways your ways are just beautiful and we stand in awe when we see it in the garden when we see it even in the dust and the soil at our feet and we want it for our lives dear lord I pray for everyone who is here today that they will be challenged to make this a part of their life. And I thank you for your love and your faithful to us. It's by faithfulness to us, no matter what. In your name I pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.